Uh, good morning to everybody. We welcome you in the precious name of the Lord to our little study this morning uh, as we listen to the word of the Lord and come to hear the voice of God in our own lives. I know that COVID and the news about it has been very distressing, but I do encourage you not to fall into the trap of listening to everything that is said about COVID. Just that you as an individual and I as an individual and we together as the body of Christ keep the rules that the government has set for us, especially in distancing and wearing our masks and sanitizing. But we come together with a much more pressing need this morning as we look at God's word. I was reading a book some time ago, uh, What on Earth Happened to Heaven? And in the light of so many deaths the world over, very, very few people talk about the destiny of heaven. So what on earth has happened to heaven? Before we read the scripture, let's pray this morning together. Father, we come into your presence and we acknowledge that you are God, for you said that you've gone to prepare a place for us. Where I am, one day there you may be also. How we thank you for that comforting thought and all that you've done to get us into that glorious home that you've prepared for us. Thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man can come to the Father but through you. We declare with you this morning that you are eternal, that you are the word face to face with God, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we bless you this morning that every heart and every home and every life, Lord, can be uh, concentrated on you this morning so that we can hear you speak and that we can know the truth in our hearts and live with confidence that heaven is our destiny. We ask you to bless us together and Spirit of God, you take our family and our family members and unite them with us in spirit in spite of being separated from them this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name and as the church we rejoice that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church of Christ. Bring healing, bring hope, bring love, bring restoration into our lives today. In Jesus' name, Amen. John 14, Jesus speaking about heaven and the place that he was going to prepare and the place he was going back to, said this, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now Jesus personalizes it and says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare that place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Everything in these verses is personal. Everything in this, these verses points to life beyond the grave. And we thank God for Jesus who said, I will come and receive you unto myself. But what on earth then has happened to heaven? It was um, someone said to the little preacher, Billy Bray, the Cornish preacher, the chapel builder, the Cornishman. Um, you talk about heaven, Billy, as though it is real. And this is what he said. Uh, it is real, for I'm living to go there. And if you ever read the book by Billy Bray, you'll read that his whole life, he spoke so powerfully about heaven, a living reality. To many of us today, heaven 
is a long, long way off. Why? Because we don't believe that we could die today. And therefore we would die unprepared. But heaven is one of the greatest certainties that the Bible speaks about. Do you have that certainty? Thirdly, for many people it's a myth. And they live as though it's just a fairy tale. For many people, uh, it's an impossible dream. It'll never ever come true. Well, death will reveal that to you in whatever stage of life you're in. And you have to face death and go through the doorway into eternity. And there you will face either heaven or hell. But someone said this, that heaven is the confidence of life beyond the grave. Do you have that confidence this morning? That if you were to die, that you would truly go to heaven and be with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, death is not the punishment for our sin, but is the result of our sin. That because we sin, death came into the world. And death is the doorway through which we walk into the presence of Almighty God when we die. Death separates man from God as a result of sin, but... There are many who think and use the words so interchangeably in Scripture. And firstly, we notice the word Sheol, which means, very translated, is the grave. And um, the rich man, when you and I look at it, have to compare that word, the grave, to where we all go in one day, to the word Hades, which is another place, a place of torment. And the rich man, in the book of Luke, lifted up his eyes, and he was in torment. He was in hell. He was in the opposite place to which you and I want to be. He was in the place of punishment. And that's not just for a moment, but for all eternity. There are many who say there's no such place. They deny heaven. They deny hell. There are some who believe there is a heaven. And, but there is a place called purgatory. The place where we intermediately can go quickly fix up our lives and then you can go into heaven someday. The Bible speaks of no such place. I repeat, the Bible speaks of no such place. The Lord Jesus never ever pointed to that place that they call purgatory. There are some who believe, and they're quite strong Christian denominations, who believe in soul sleep. That the soul of man in the body of man sleeps in the grave until Christ returns. Well, I want to share with you that the body sleeps in the dust. And the soul returns to God, said David, who gave it. The soul does not sleep. <laughs> because how can you be uh, in that slumberland, as it were, in the grave? Annihilation, some people say. Death brings annihilation. Once you die, that's it. You're no more. Is that what you'd like to believe? Is that what you'd like to end your life and say, it is no more? Let me remind you that annihilation, that man was created then and deprived then. He was created a mortal being to become immortal. What happened to immortality? And that annihilationism says you will be destroyed forever after that. No, the Bible has a living hope for the soul, the living soul of man, because you and I are living souls. And to say that there's annihilation is to deny the heaven that God creates for us. 
And so is heaven real? That's my first point this morning. John 14 verses 1 to 3, Jesus speaking quite boldly says, Do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house. He says that the Father that we have has a home. He has a house for us to live in and he's made it a home for you and for me. You see, it's a place where the presence of God is. You and I have a home, and in that home is the presence of the leader of the home, the father, the mother, the children. There is a home, says Jesus, that I am going to. And he also said this in John's Gospel, chapter 8. He said, because I live, you shall live also. In other words, there is life beyond the grave in the Father's house. And that's how I know that heaven is real. And Jesus also went on to say in the third verse here, I'm going there to prepare all this for you, so that where I am, there you may be also. Go back to the Old Testament, you see Job reflects very carefully and he says, I know that my Redeemer lives. It was a matter of his personal belief and conviction and expressed in his faith and his worship. I know that my Redeemer lives lives. Remember Stephen, the first martyr of the New Testament, when he said, as they were stoning him and he was dying, he said, I see heaven open and Jesus standing at the throne of God. He acknowledged Jesus as Lord and as Savior of his life. Yes, heaven is real. No matter what earth is saying or not saying about heaven, I want to say to you this morning, no matter what the emphasis is, heaven is still real. David said in Psalm 16 verses 9 to 11, you will not leave my soul that is in the grave, in Sheol. You won't allow my spirit to experience corruption. Why? Because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And he who believes, though he die, yet shall he live. David also continued to say, in your presence, Lord, is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. When you pick up the newspaper in days to come and you read these words, W.B. Dengler has died, you must not believe that. Because you see, my body might have gone into the grave, but I am very much alive in the place prepared for me. Why? I've gone to be with the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 says, I am born again unto a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. Yes, I'm not. My body may sleep in the dust, but let me share with you. I will be very much alive, resurrected to the glory and the praise of God, experiencing heaven with Jesus Christ and with the saints below. Now, not only believe that, I put my life on that because all that salvation is, is promised that to me in the word of the living God. And you see, death is not the end. There is another chapter to my life and yours after the obituary has been read. There is another chapter. And there uh, is a reason for tomorrow. What is the reason? It's the Christian's joy to have hope in heaven. Therefore, I rejoice in the reward of heaven. You see, it's a reward that God gives us so that we can go there. Not just anybody can go there. You must be a believer, having a personal faith in Jesus Christ 
our Lord and our Savior. Now I get asked this question very much. Is heaven real? Yes, for sure. But what is heaven like? Now I've never been there, but through the scripture we have little windows of opening that give us an insight into what heaven is like. First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, Paul says, No eye has seen nor ear heard, no human mind can conceive the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Revelation 21, 3 to 4, Then I saw heaven open, and I heard a loud voice saying, Look, God's dwelling place is with us. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. I can only imagine what it's going to be like. I can only look forward to and say to myself, I wonder what is going to actually be the reality of it. You see, a little boy called uh, Burpo, he said this, Nobody's old and nobody wears glasses in heaven. <laughs> well, let me remind you, God wipes, wipes away all tears from our eyes, Revelation 7, 17. You see, with the same hand that formed the world, that same hand will come and take away your tears from your eyes. You see, heaven is a place there is no reason to cry in heaven. Philippians 3, verse 20 to 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, from whence we eagerly await the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our earthly body like unto his own glorious body. I'll have a resurrected body in the glory of God one day, free from pain and clothed in righteousness. Oh, my friend. How much more could I imagine when I think of heaven and the glory of God? What an incredible people we are going to be. What an incredible individual I'm going to be. Revelation, as we read it, um, says this. I heard a voice from heaven saying, Happy are the dead who die in the Lord. Happy indeed, says the Spirit, for they shall rest from their labors. Yeah, there are going to be some happy people in heaven. I want to rejoice with those who are rejoicing in life eternal and life forevermore. And that's what heaven is going to be like. Someone put it this way the other day. Heaven is the birthplace of my new identity. I'm not going to be the old person in this mortal body, I'm going to be immortal in the presence of God. Are you happy about that? Yes, I'm rejoicing with those who now rejoice in heaven. Find out who we really are and we're called by a new name. I'm not going to have this name, Willie Dendler. I'm going to have a new name. What it is, I don't know, but I will have a new name in heaven. When Christ calls me home, I will go with gladness like a boy running away from school after the bell has rung. When I was just a young, boy, a young child, uh, I went to a farm school in a small town in the Eastern Cape. And I, I went to a little boarding school there. Every time my parents stopped outside the school, I knew I was going home to the farm. But one day I got a message, yeah, around about 10 o'clock in the morning, you must come quickly. You're leaving the school. Wow, was I glad. I didn't take my books with me. I just packed, I just grabbed my, my, my blazer, I was out of that schoolroom, 
and I'm never going back to school. That's what I said to my mother. And she said, well, you're going to another school. And we're not staying here anymore. And I left. I was happy. I was leaving that place. And when you and I leave this world, death is a sadness for those who watch us die. But is it a great sadness for you that you are leaving this world? Someone to, don't want to go because they want to spend their pension still. Someone to stay here with loved ones. But let me remind you, we're going home to heaven where the glory of God defines our new identity. The inquiring question that still remains, number three, is this. Will we recognize each other in heaven? And that's a question so many people ask me. You can only go back to the word of God and stick to it. I don't believe in the books that where people have gone to heaven and come back. I don't base my teaching on that. But I do use that sometimes to illustrate the teaching of the word of God. But the Bible says clearly, in heaven, when the, when the revelation was opened to John, he saw a throne... And he saw a lamb. So what's he doing? He's identifying who he saw. I saw the lamb upon the throne. Who is the lamb? The lamb is the first and the last. The alpha and omega. So it's possible beyond the grave in heaven to recognize the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter, uh, Stephen recognized him while he was dying on earth as he looked into heaven. I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. So it is possible to recognize people beyond the grave. People who are in heaven rejoicing with God. You will know Jesus. You will recognize him. That leads me to say that we will recognize one another. Remember on earth when Jesus was on the mountain of transfiguration, when Moses and Elijah in the glory and splendor of God's glory and wonder as Christ transformed, they recognized Elijah and Moses. Now they were never, never introduced to him and there weren't movies and pictures of them. How did they know? They knew in spirit and in truth that this was Elijah and Moses. So what I'm trying to point out is the recognition there is recognition in heaven. Stephen identified the Lord Jesus Christ. John 14 verse 3 says, We will not lose our identity. Heaven is the home. We will identify that home as the house of God. And if we're the house of God, we must be part of the family, the family of God. And I also believe this, it's just my own understanding of things. When I go to a group of people like yesterday, sitting talking to 10, 15 people sitting around the table having a birthday party, there's, there's one person, there's one person sitting there and she suddenly starts to speak and she says this, well I know the Lord Jesus is my Savior. And suddenly in spirit you identify with that person. More than all the others. Why? Because she is in Christ and you're in Christ. And I think we will know each other as we are known in Christ together. So heaven is the realm of joy. It's the realm of fellowship. We will recognize one another there. Paul says, we will forever be with the Lord and our loved ones. First Thessalonians 1. We will be reunited in heaven with them. There are three wonders that I wonder sometimes. 
Number one, when I get to heaven, I will see people I never expected to be there. I hope it's not one of you. Number two, I will miss people that I thought would be there. Number three, I would realize that I'm in heaven myself. Amen? And what a joy to be there out of all that I've believed and trusted in through the great work of Jesus Christ. Matthew 8 verse 11 says, Many will come from the east and the west and will take their place at the feast with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob. Where? In the kingdom of heaven. The answer is yes, I will recognize you in Christ. I will recognize you as you are one day. Lastly, how do I get there? What on earth has happened to heaven? We're not leading people to Jesus so that they may go to heaven today because we're not heaven conscious. We're not living by the presence of God anymore. And that's the reason we don't witness. But how do people get there? You see, there is nothing but heaven, someone said, worth setting your heart on. A heart set on heaven is a heart set on God. Is your heart set on heaven? Then it must be set on God. I want to go there. I was at the bedside of a man once who said, I don't want to go to heaven. I know nothing about it. I said, don't you know God? He said, no, I haven't got a clue. And that's the reason he didn't want to go to heaven or didn't give heaven a thought because he didn't know God. He hadn't set his heart on God. I plead with you this morning, check that in your own spiritual life. Is your heart set on God or that you just want to escape death by going into heaven? It must be set on God. Colossians 3 verses 2 to 4 says, let, let your mind be on these things. That when Christ shall appear, you will appear with him in glory. Why? Because John 14, 6 says, and the Lord Jesus speaking says, I am the way. Without the way, there is no going to heaven. And Jesus is the only way to heaven. I am the truth. Jesus is the truth about knowing God. If you don't know Jesus, you can't know God. If you don't know Jesus, you'll never know the way to heaven and be walking that road to heaven. If you don't know Jesus as the way and the truth, you'll never experience the life that is in him here and in eternity one day. You see, you can come to the Father's home through the Son, Jesus Christ. As many as received him, says the Bible, and that's the way to heaven. As many as received him to those who believed on his name, to them he gives the right to become the children of God. Remember the thief on the cross. The Savior is dying and giving his life. The veil of the temple is rent in two. Christ is opening the way back to glory through himself. God is being made known. And the thief says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, today. Not one day after purgatory, not one day after I've annihilated you, no, today you will be with me in heaven. Would you be in heaven today? If you died? I ask you to bring that reality home to your own heart, that truth. Face it today and question your own heart with your own confidence and assurance 
If Christ is your Savior, you prepared for heaven. The Lord Jesus said as we close this morning, Lay up for yourself treasure in heaven, where moth and rust do not corrupt, and thieves cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where is your heart this morning? Is it on things of the earth? Is it on an ideal living with somebody, sharing your life with somebody? Or is your eternal, the eternal purpose of your own heart set on things above, on the treasure that God has in heaven for you? And you see, in your, is your heart set on heaven? Then it's set on God. If your heart is set on God, then you must be going home forever and forever. Paul put it this way. In Philippians 1 verse 21, For me, living is Christ, and to die would be gain. The writer to the Corinthians said, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, but then I shall know, even as I also am known. I invite you this morning, if you're not really your heart is not set on God, you've never opened your life and received Jesus Christ as your Savior, that you will open your life in prayer and hear Jesus, the eternal Savior, knocking at the door of your life, and that you by faith through prayer would open the door and in faith receive Christ into your life and become a child of the living God and walk away in this day with the confidence, I know my Savior. Therefore, I'm going to the place that He has prepared for me. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. What on earth are we doing about heaven? Yes, we're preparing to meet our God. God bless you and keep you this morning. Let's pray together, shall we? Now, eternal God and Father, for those who consider this message and open their hearts to the truth, whether they have doubted, whether they have been in disappointment or discouragement, I pray, Lord, that you lift up our eyes. If some who hear this message, Lord, are even facing the grave, I would ask you this morning that you touch their hearts this morning, that they may put their trust in you, the way, the truth, and the life. For no man can come, Lord, to the Father except through you. I pray now as they receive you by faith, they will know by faith that the peace of God would reign in their heart, that their sins would be forgiven, and that they would rejoice in you as Christ, the living, resurrected, glorified, and coming Savior. To you be praise and glory on this glorious morning, and put the song of heaven into our hearts, both today and until we meet you face to face. In Jesus' name.